Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bottom Line with Bob and Kendall Ehrlich. Here we are in the dog days of January, but we do have the house now. That's exciting. We have the house, but one of the worst days of the year for the Ehrlich family. What is that? The end of college football season. Oh, brutal. <laughs> you know, that is just the next day after that Monday night game. is. We're all just laying our, around <laughs> Staring at each other. Sad. <laughs> Looking for camps to begin <laughs> in August or, or July. Anyway, congratulations to your dogs. I love my dogs. And Stetson, our, my boy our third, Stetson. Our third son How many arguments have we had? I know. I said, oh, one of Josh's friends. Oh, I meant to ma- name him Stetson. <laughs> She's serious. <laughs> By the way, we have no relationship with the University of Georgia at all. Somehow you just Jake from Jake from. I, yeah. I liked okay. him from QB1. Yeah. And I have been a fan well, ever since. Watch out for Mr. Saban. But seriously, two back-to-back national titles that kid has got it if i was a gm i would get that kid on my team that's for sure we shall see yeah we're gonna see in the draft he's undersized but uh he wins he's got it he's got it so does your son so both sons they both do okay can we get off the football for a second Sure. Back to politics. Okay. People expect us to talk about politics and football, I guess. So I have in my hands uh, some numbers from our first year. All right. Not bad. Bottom line. Bottom line is top 50% uh, of uh, on Spotify. Uh, we're growing. We're growing steadily. We'd like to be even bigger, obviously, as time goes on. But the numbers are out. And uh, pretty good start for the early But remember year. to tell your friends or go on social media and uh, put out there that you're listening. Because we think uh, we've got some interesting We think we're good. (laughs) (laughs) We've got some interesting. We think we're interesting and smart and insightful. Interesting insight. And uh, tell your friends. Absolutely. Because we know you think so, too. So we appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. So get the word out. Obviously, folks right, left, center uh, may be interested in what we have to say. We hope so. So, babe, really seven topics that are relevant to now. To now, not necessarily a potpourri show, but but seven topics that are really about politics now, national politics. And what's happening right now in January twenty twenty three? Yeah. Right? So we talked last show, and a lot of attention given to the whole McCarthy thing, and the holdouts, and what the holdouts really wanted, and the negotiations that took place in a pretty transparent way, quite frankly, and some of the gives that uh, Speaker McCarthy uh, gave at the time. And the press doing its thing, the Republican bloodletting, the Republicans don't know what they're doing, the Republicans are blocked. We heard that the other day when we were in Annapolis for the inaugural as well. The Republicans are embarrassing and and leaderless and blah, blah, blah. And the fact of it is we, like many, I think Republicans and, and neutral observers at least, thought it somewhat refreshing and transparent to see a leadership fight. It wasn't all cooked in the back room it wasn't all cigar smoke and and here's the deal it was right out front bloody maybe bloodier than it should have been but pretty transparent that's for sure and it's not refreshing and i will go back to my observation which i'm doubling down on that for the holdouts and not just the holdouts people dissatisfied with republican performance last couple cycles and and uh, everything that's gone down the last couple of years, this was as much about Mitch McConnell as it was about Kevin McCarthy. It was a message to Mitch McConnell that the omnibus the negotiations, the not reading bills, the trillion dollar overnight deals that nobody knows what's in a bill. That's in the past. We're here forward. 
no more. That's the old way. We're going back to somewhat regular order. We're going back to more transparency. We're going back to listening to the American public. And hopefully we're going back to not just writing blank checks that the American public can't afford. And I didn't think this at first, but it really was a very healthy exercise. At first, it didn't look good from my perspective. But as I came to understand that there were some real things that needed to be done in how business is conducted uh, through the speaker's office, I think that it was actually a healthy exercise. And in today's world, you know, it's probably much harder to do all of that behind closed doors. Uh, So the fact that it had to be out there was probably good. Some opinions about different people and their holdouts and why they did. Some some seem to be a little hot dogish at times. But at any rate, people will make their decisions about their representative and how they handled it. And it took us back to 94, 95 coming in with the new majority and Newt and the new rules and more transparency. And, and it really took us back to that time as well. And Washington needs that every decade or so. So part of what we just talked about last week and part of what uh, the pundits have discussed is, all right, you got through that, but is McCarthy going to be weakened? And what we've seen the first couple of weeks here is no. In fact, strengthened. Strengthened as a function of the bills that have already come out, been voted on, and also the bills that have been filed. And we made the point last show that for the most part, given divided government here, in fact, Joe Biden's still the president, Democrats still control the Senate, bills are not necessarily going to be passed. And the Republican base has to understand that. But the bills are going to be reflective of where the Republicans are. The bills are going to be representative of the America first slash populist Trump DeSantis influence of the party. Where the party is, I will get back to that in a second. But just along those lines, I looked at some bills, and there's a great article in the Washington po- in the Washington Times the other day. Oh, did I say Washington Post? Whoa, wow, that was a slip of the Sorry tongue. Sorry about that. Uh, Washington Times the other day uh, with regard to some of these bills. So in no particular order, but just representative of what we talked about last time, a bill requiring uh, the military to rehire troops fired as a result of COVID mandate. Well, we've seen that occur. A bill that uh, bars the feds from doing business with banks who've decided not to do business with firearms dealers. A bill to strip federal uh, funding from jurisdictions that let non-citizens vote. And as you see, that's the big movement on the left these days in local elections around the country, allowing non-citizens to vote in municipal elections. Uh, A bill to give a Congress veto power over major executive branch uh, issued regulations. Uh, A constitutional amendment to make sure a Supreme Court stays at nine justices. A bill to bar colleges and universities that do not ban TikTok from uh, banning those schools from their federal dollars. Uh, Enhanced penalties for rioting. more border fund, construction funds, withdrawing the U.S. from the World Health Organization. We've seen some bills uh, uh, already be voted on. Uh, the Bipartisan Committee on China is now established. I tweeted about that today. That's really important. We're going to devote a show to that in the future. The new subscom- uh, subcommittee with regard to the weaponization of the federal government. God knows they're going to have plenty to look at. Uh, uh, the abortion born alive bill. Uh, the limit on the strategic petroleum reserve sales to China, stripping the uh, IRS of 87,000 new hires. So we could go on and on with regard to these bills, but the fact of it is some of these bills may 
have constitutional infirmities. Most won't pass. A few, who knows, may work their way into an omnibus in the future. But the fact of it is, these bills and others, dozens and dozens, hundreds of others to follow, will reflect the philosophical orientation exactly. of the party at this time. It's a message to the American public going into a presidential election cycle. Hey, this is what we believe. This is what we stand for. These are our bills. You can uh, trust us that if we get power, we get the Senate, we get the presidency, uh, these will be on the agenda. So, and, the, and the constituents are watching this. I think that really so much of this is for the constituency because yeah. – Knowing that uh, divided government and it, many of the bills will probably not pass, like you said, there may be some constitutional issues within some of them. But at any rate, it is signaling middle America that we're with you. Yeah, well, as I said, not just the base, but also those independents out there who are always up for grabs, particularly mm -hmm. in presidential years, those uh, moderate to conservative leaning Democrats that are still out there feeling homeless. We need to give those folks a home. Well, and people want to see the end of the corruption from our own government. And to the extent that there are other bills that come out, people will be following that. I think it's, it is it is really a reflection. The House wants to say, okay, we hear you through our constituency and the fact that we're here to represent you. And hopefully that is going to be the case and people feel much more comfortable. Maybe they'll even get an approval rating above 20%. Again, a throwback to 94-95 with the contract with America and, hey, we hear you, middle America, flyover America. Uh, this is a different regime. It's more transparent. And you see, oh, by the way, just going back to the rules, 72-hour uh, rule now with regard to legislation hitting the floor. People actually get maybe to look at what's coming up for a vote. Um, no proxies. More, more tra no, no, no more proxy voting. Uh, more transparency out of the rules committee. More open rules to allow for amendments on the floor. Uh, this is all good stuff. It's good government stuff and very appealing to folks in the middle. Mm -hmm. A lot of, that's, right, a lot of exactly. that's common sense stuff. Common sense. And a lot of things people don't even realize that they've been going on a certain way yeah. well, for so long. What Nancy Pelosi did in the Democratic leadership Pelosi. was centralized power in the Speaker's mm -hmm. office. Oh, yeah. And look, the Rules Committee is always controlled by the Speaker by the majority party. We get that. It, it is today. But this is a much more open process, and more open rules mean more debate uh, to benefit the American public. And that was part of the holdout in voting for the Speaker is ensuring that some yeah, of these yeah, rules yeah. Uh, were point. actually instilled. And uh, and so I think he's listening, too. The speaker is listening so now loud and clear. Third point, which is really part 2A. We talked about this last time. The base, people who really are, are excited about 24, uh, Trump supporters, the DeSantis supporters, Pompeo, regardless. They also need to understand, as we said, this is more symbolic than substantive. These, particularly the philosophical bills, aren't going to pass. They're just not going to. But what control of the chamber does guarantee, as you've already seen in the beginning here, is oversight, investigations, subpoena power, uh, exposure, turning the lights on in the corner and seeing Yeah, what to really see what's going on in uh, our scurry. government, what's yeah. happening. People want to know. Yeah, people want to know. And they deserve to know. Well, and they deserve to know. And this is what uh, parties out of power but contr in control of one chamber, what they're able to do, mm -hmm. uh, which is oversight and congressional hearings. And 
there's going to be a lot of questions asked. Point four, again, and I know you sometimes think I have Jack Kemp on my mind, but I do. You know, we started dating. I took one of my first oh. dates. I was very exciting. I took you to a Jack Kemp event. Okay. Uh, I took you to. Do we? Do we really need to <laughs> let everybody know just and how you, boring and, I am? And Thanks. You, you were desperate. You were old. Uh -huh. So um, the fact of it was you also came to love and appreciate Jack Kemp, <laughs> I think. Sure. No, true. Come on. <laughs> Be honest with everybody. I did. And became a personal friend of ours and a huge supporter of ours. But what he talked about when it wasn't necessarily popular to talk about was a party that was diverse but not fake diversity. It wasn't forced diversity. It wasn't we're going to just pick categories. Right. It was a party that looked like America, but that was real, that came about, uh, today you use the term, organically, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening in state legislatures. I just got off the phone uh, with a buddy of ours in, in Ohio, our, our friend uh, Ethan, talked about the number of African Americans uh, in the Ohio legislature, Republicans, mm -hmm. state legislature around the country, in Congress, uh, more well, African Americans, more Hispanic. But my point is, it's happening organically. These folks, the Hispanics, uh, just picking women, people out not, based on right, it, it, certain. They ran on America First platforms. Right. These are conservatives, mm -hmm. and they ran and won, mm -hmm. and, and that that was. Uh, Jack Kemp's dream. It was a real organic Republican diversity, which is as good as it gets. It, it, but it, woke people don't recognize that. Well, they might recognize it, but again, for that, for for some woke folks, I guess it's just skin color, ethnicity, race, whatever. It just, it, it, that's easy. This is organic. This is real. It's happening. I love it. Mm -hmm. And as someone who's, as a couple who really is have devoted part of their professional life to growing the party. How many Lincoln Day dinners have we done over the years? That's right. We think well, gladly. a more diverse party grown organically is is something that, and this is not, again, this is not the Chamber of Commerce party. This is not Wall Street woke CEOs. This is Main Street. This is uh, NFIB, small business folks. This is the party that, that we've always dreamt of. And And that's happened organically yeah, yeah. well yeah now, all it sure of a sudden, has the republicans are that party well main street and but not all because of republicans because too many ceos now have become woke progressives in the business community and the chamber is reflecting that some of these re some of these organic changes occur for good and some for not so good reasons fifth issue education we talk a lot about education it was the key to success in your life my life millions of lives we are dramatic maybe overly dramatic but emotional about giving poor kids opportunities to punch their ticket into american middle class upper middle class whatever success life through education whether it's athletes or non-athletes and, and well it's all about education you it's really all about education you know yeah. you get your best opportunities with through education that's right the next chapter in my view my humble opinion of the civil rights revolution is education from a choice perspective uh, and which typically means it's funny because we're really talking about income here. You know, people get lost in race and ethnicity. We're talking about, for the most part, with exceptions, but for the most part, middle class, upper middle class, wealthy areas have quality public schools, mm -hmm. quality parochial schools, quality private schools, right? What we're really talking about is kids of limited means who 
often are sentenced to dysfunctional, mostly public schools. Mm -hmm. That's what we're really talking about here. We spend a lot of our time uh, advocating here. Uh, so do a lot of Republicans na uh, nationwide these days. Uh, this is an issue with appeal across party lines. You've seen sort of the woke left crossing lines in Virginia, i.e. the Yunkin race. Uh, parent power is growing the whole nine yards. Terry McCall's comment about how the woke left really views parents in the whole nine yards. We've talked about that a bunch. I do believe this is a purple issue. I do believe that uh, parents, uh, that left-leaning parents. Uh, well, I think I think Virginia proved that. Virginia proved it. Terry McAuliffe went too far. Yes. Even though it was it was how the Democratic Party thinks, it still went too far. But who thinks put, like this? Who thinks like this? We talked about this last show, but now, again this week, more Fairfax County, it appears, seven Fairfax County high schools admit they didn't notify students. National Merit Scholars with regard to their status, their success. And, I, and that translates to I, lots of things. I, I'm speechless. Way. This is, you, you're rendered speed. We talked about this the other night driving <laughs> around. Think about this now. Think about a school system that purposely decides not to notify their students of success because they go to the wrong high school or they're the wrong race or the wrong ethnicity or the wrong income level. Or someone's who, feelings might be hurt. Who thinks like this? The woke. Well, I, I mean, this is beyond This is beyond woke. Well, uh, this I, is beyond, it, what's the word beyond woke? It's all about uber woke. You know, don't hurt somebody else's feelings. They, they didn't achieve that. Equity. Equity. Come on. <laughs> where are you? It's I, equity. I, I don't. It's part of that philosophy. I mean, it is terrible. Yeah, everybody and hopefully, and, and the problem is that also translates to maybe dollars for kids and their future in the college. Well, you know, There's we, so we, much we, we, we throw these terms around equality, equity, and all that, but please, you know, we need to define our terms. Anything that literally defines itself as we're going to guarantee equal outcomes, forget about what you've done, forget performance or merit. We're just, we want equal outcomes. It's impossible. It's impossible it's in impossible. every respect in life. Right. Right? Absolutely. You can't you can't do that. <laughs> well, guess what? In Northern, well, they're in Northern Virginia, they've they tried. Use, yeah. And now they've been exposed, and now they're scurried, and now the flashlights are yeah, going Yeah, well, I hope there's a lot of lawyers involved. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Lord. Um, the good kind of lawyers. Issue six. <laughs> issue six. There are some. There are. Yeah, what the heck. So we're not going to get into this because we don't know everything as yet, but we need to discuss it because it's the news of the day. Although, oh, there's so much to say here. Documents found in now the Penn Center, the Biden Penn Center, Joe Biden's home in Delaware, Joe Biden's garage next to his prized sports car. God knows there's so many questions here. Who dropped the original dime? Why DOJ allowed the private lawyers to do this and the FBI wasn't all over this from, from the jump? There are so many questions here. But there's a couple of interesting observations that have been made surrounding this issue. One is, who's dropping the dime on Joe Biden? And by the way, isn't it interesting and fascinating for us on the right, middle right, to see the mainstream media legacy press jump all over the story? Interesting. You know, we, they've ignored fentanyl. 
They've ignored the gang violence. They've, They've ignored, ignored the border. cashless bail. They've ignored the border. They've ignored uh, violent crime in our cities. They've ignored all these huge stories. Mm. And suddenly, over a few documents, they're, they're going crazy. And, and the more cynical among us are saying, including our friend Tucker Carlson, why? Why, why are they doing that though? There's a, a couple of theories out there. Yeah. Uh, What's the big one? There's a. <laughs> What's the big theory out there? There's a potential there, second term coming. Yeah, or, exactly. And maybe the Democrats don't want that. The theory, but is, also the hypocrisy, of course, as to how this has been handled well, versus Marlar. That's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy, and apples to apples, and all that. The the real theory is who knows whether this is true or not. Nobody knows. Uh, there are a lot of theories out there. Some are conspiracy theories, but it is fascinating to see how all these meaty, substantive stories that impact real Americans every day and half or two years are ignored, and a few documents in a uh, in a uh, container in a garage in Delaware become uh, the story of the day, and the legacy press decides to spend all its time and energy and attention on this issue. Why? Is it because Joe Biden thought twice about not running again? He asked <laughs> rhetorically. Oh, it's rhetorical, so I'm I'm just gonna. What are you gonna do? Let that linger. You gonna let that linger? Let that linger. Let yeah. our listeners decide for themselves. Well, we're you know what things will. Are they into that conspiracy theory? As thi- as every day unfolds and the press gets worse for the president, and he sort of has a let them eat cake approach, as you saw today. It was like ah, it's not no big deal. It was a big deal for Trump and not for me. I know. Uh, although he was vice president <laughs> and President Trump obviously could uh, classify, declassify these documents as president and he couldn't as vice president. That's one big difference here. In any event, we'll see what goes on. Last event for this week, last issue, I saved it because I love to see you get all steamy and your eyes bulge out, <laughs> which I see regularly these days and for the last two years. Gas stoves. Oh, I'm going to handcuff myself to mine. <laughs> No one's taking my. Oh yeah. No one is taking right. my gas stove. Sorry, I've had electric stoves before. Yeah. I think I grew up with one actually with an electric stove. I don't even know. I, don't even, I did. I, I, you did. I definitely. Did. I did. Yeah, I remember. Sure? I can. I remember the brown electric stove right okay. in your house. I have. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so here's the That's deal. That's telling. There's two. <laughs> there's two things to say. There's two things to say. One is the merits or the demerits of the issue itself. So, but the other is the MO, and we've talked about this a bunch privately and on the air, because it's fascinating. The merits, demerits are who knows, but let's get to the more interesting aspect here, the, uh, the MO, the modus operandi here. So a Biden appointee to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, this is the genesis of all this, uh, is quoted as saying, hey, gas stoves, quote-unquote, hidden hazard. Um, any option with regard to replacement of, of these stoves is on the table. And we have the power to, uh, you know, with regard to unsafe products, uh, to ban them. So okay. that's the genesis here. So, so when you start banning, what happens? Well, what, 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 yeah. Okay. What? There'll be a black market for okay. stoves. But, oh, all right. Get back to my point here, okay? Don't go, <laughs> don't go tangent on me here. Because we talk about this all the time, and it's funny how it always happens. We we really talk about this a lot in our home. It's the mo. It's it's the narrative storyline. How chapter and verse it unfolds. So this occurs. It's a real quote, and the right wing press 
and sort of fly over America reacts. People chain themselves to stoves <laughs> and, and, and all hell breaks loose. Then the left says, wow, there's those conspiracy right wing nutcakes again. There they go. They're yep. making stuff up. Making stuff up. Right, they're oh, making yeah, stuff right. up. That's when they start the um, gaslighting. They're starting a new culture war. This time, it wasn't just schools. Now it's stoves. And and uh, then they deny it. Right. And then they have a new narrative about right-wing nutcakes with, right. in the then context of stoves. Right, it was all our idea. Right. It was all right. our idea, and then right. they deny it. It's, well, they've been doing that forever. The well, that's the point. That's the MO. Right. That's what, and now it's playing out. Chapter and verse here with stoves. As far as the merits, would you care to opine? You're the expert. <laughs> you do the cooking around here. Oh, I think this is a this is a an issue that cuts across all kinds <laughs> of party lines of every line. There are there are too many chefs out there that are probably Democratic. There's uh, probably a few Republican chefs too. Is but, it fair uh, to say I'll if you, you eat, you. you're pro gas stove? <laughs> is that fair? If you like good food, you're pro gas stove. Let me tell you. So, you know, we saw this time and time again, the, dis the disinformation board. Remember all that? Oh, yeah. It's you know, called 1984. Oh, everybody reacts and they say, right. oh, you don't know what you're talking about. So whether the gas stove is a real issue or not, the important point here is the MO. It's the narrative and how the narrative unfolds. And I have a piece coming out in the uh, Western Journal on this very topic next week. So uh, take a look at it because... What, whenever it is, if they're denying it, believe that they did it. <laughs> and if they're accusing us of doing it, they've done it. It's so true. It's fascinating. It is so true. They've been doing it for a long basis. time on yeah. many issues. And the compliant press is very helpful. To, to get that done, to accomplish that goal, to uh, establish the narrative and then defeat the counter-narrative, you need to have a compliant press. Right? Oh, yeah. And they're good at what they do, again, which takes us back to why all the press attention to a few documents that Joe Biden have been sitting around for six years? Why? Why? All right. How you doing there, kid? Well, oh, by the way, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> What's for dinner on yeah. our gas stove? Well, you have. Yeah. Your gas <laughs> yeah. I want you to find the gas stove in the house. <laughs> I'll fight for your right to keep it, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Thank you. you I appreciate it. that. Thanks All for right, watching. Everybody. Listen, Thanks everybody. for listening. Talk to you next time. Godspeed.